Today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. The Word has been influencing me for almost 53 years, and the Word has made me what I am today, and it's produced what I have today, and I'm not letting go of the Word. If it worked 53 years ago, it'll work today, hallelujah, even in perilous times. In fact, that's the beautiful thing about the Word. It not only works in the good times, it works in the bad times. translation says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 talking about perilous times it says don't let it phase you stick with what you learned and believed there's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way I love that let me read it again don't let what's happening in the world right now phase you stick with what you believed stick with what you learned and believed there's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way amen now Jesus said this in John 15 verse 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you the passion translation says if my words live powerfully in you if my words live powerfully in you. And powerfully here means to the point of strongly influencing you. To the point of strongly influencing you. Now I have a question. Where are you receiving your greatest influence? From the world or from the word? <laughs> Who and what influences you the most? Who and what forms your opinions? The world or the word? It should be the word. Amen. To be influenced by the world is to invite failure and defeat into your life. To be influenced by the word is to position yourself for victory and success. Can you say amen? Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 14 for a moment. Matthew chapter 14. Let's look at a man, a story of a man who allowed some outside things to influence him. Matthew 14, beginning in verse 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answering him said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. You know the story. And Jesus said, 
come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Notice it does not say when Peter got out of the ship and put his feet on the water, he began to sink. doesn't say that at all. It says when Peter got out on the water, he began walking to Jesus. So what's happening here? With the influence of God's word, he could do the impossible. Could you agree with that? By being influenced by the words of Jesus, he could do the impossible. But, excuse me, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. Now notice something else begins to influence him. Something happening around him. When he saw the wind boisterous, he began to sink. Notice he's no longer being influenced by the word of Jesus. He's now being influenced by something that's happening around him. Now let me ask you a question. What does the wind being boisterous have anything to do with walking on water? He'd already proved he could do it. Now, if you think it's impossible to walk on water when it's windy, I challenge you, go home this afternoon, (laughs) fill your tub up and get in, but don't dare turn the fan on because you'll sink. Wind has nothing to do with walking on water. Nothing. Nothing. But notice how you can be influenced by something that's happening on the outside. You can be influenced by CNN. I call that boisterous wind. Amen. Amen. You can be influenced by the media and, and let go of the Word of God. And I'm talking about people who have known the Word for years and years and years. I see a lot of people that I thought over the past were people of faith, people of the Word, that I'm finding out they have been distracted. They are allowing the boisterous wind to influence them. Instead of the word of God. Thank you for your enthusiasm. So once again, to be influenced by the world is to invite failure and defeat. Notice he began to sink. That's exactly what will happen to you. It's what will happen to me. If I allow the world to influence me, I will begin to sink. But that's not going to happen to Jerry Savelle because I am not letting go of the Word of God. I am not allowing something else to influence me. Amen. Amen. The Word has been influencing me for almost 53 years, and the Word has made me what I am today, and it's produced what I have today, and I'm not letting go of the Word. If it worked 53 years ago, it'll work today. Hallelujah. Even in perilous times. In fact, that's the beautiful thing about the Word. It not only works in the good times, it works in the bad times. Somebody give the Lord a shout if you believe it. Amen. 
So when Peter allowed what was happening around him to have more influence in his life than the words of Jesus, he began to sink. Now, do you remember what Jesus said in the fourth chapter of Mark? Mark chapter 4 about the sower sows the word. In verse 14, he said, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in them. I always like to say it this way. Satan comes immediately, if not sooner. It's probably likely, more likely than not. By the time you leave this building and get to your car, Satan will already be trying to steal the word you heard. Well, you know, that's easy for Jerry Savelle. But who am I? Are you a believer? (laughs) Are you a child of God? This doesn't work for me because I'm a preacher. It works for me because I'm a believer. I'm a child of God. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Hallelujah. Anybody who has faith can have victory. Anybody got faith in here today? Then you're entitled to live a victorious life. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. So Jesus said, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. He does, why does he do that? Why is it to Satan's advantage to steal the word immediately? So it won't take root. Because once it takes root, it's hard to get out. You know, Carolyn asked me one time to help her dig up the weeds out of her flower beds. That, to me, means there's absolutely nothing else to do. I don't want to. I know she takes these little shovels this big and digs and digs and digs. I want to get the lawnmower just mow it all down. But you don't get the roots that way. And if you don't get the roots, it comes back. What happens if Satan doesn't come immediately to steal the word? There's a possibility it'll take root in your heart. And once it takes root in your heart, it's hard for him to pull it up. Amen. So notice he doesn't want you to be influenced by the word. Because he knows that if you're influenced by the word, then he cannot defeat you. He has no defense against the word of God. Amen. Amen. And what was one of the things that Jesus said would use, he would use to steal the word? Mark chapter 4 verse 19, the Amplified Bible says, The cares and anxieties of the world and the distractions of the age. That's one of the things Satan will use to try to steal the word. What? Once again, the cares and anxieties of the world and the distractions of the age. That's one of the things that is happening in the body of Christ right now. They're being distracted by the cares of the world and the things that's going on in the world today. And consequently, Satan is stealing the word from them. The same people who would not dare talk doubt, unbelief, sickness, disease, poverty, and lack are now talking it. What's happened? 
They, they haven't guarded their heart, as Proverbs 4 says. Guard your heart. Amen. The Bible teaches us that there's two primary ways that things get in your heart. Through sight and hearing. What you hear will get in your heart. What you see will get in your heart. Your eyes and your ears are the gateways to the heart. And if you're watching the wrong things and you're listening to the wrong things, then you've stopped guarding your heart. This is good preaching. I wish you'd respond better. Let your neighbor say, I don't know why you're not shouting. I, I know why. I know why. I know why you're listening. Say, I'm listening. I'm not mad. I'm listening. <laughs> Amen. All right, now, the message translation says this. The stress strangles what they heard and nothing comes of it. <clears throat> if, you're, if you're focusing on what the world is saying, it will produce stress. Stressed. And isn't that something that a lot of people are going through right now? You hear them say it, I'm stressed out. I'm so stressed. Well, it could be you're listening and hearing the wrong things. But it says, the message translation says, the stress strangles what they heard. And as a result of it, what they heard, nothing comes of it. And that is totally the opposite of what the Bible says the word will do for a person. The word strangle means to stifle and to prevent the progress of. Amen. To constrain the word and, and, and make it non-productive. And once again, that's the very opposite of what the Bible tells us the word of God is designed to do. Hebrews 4.12, the Amplified Bible says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. That's what the word of God is designed to do, to be effective in your life. And the word effective means producing an intended result. God sent his word. God is sending his word. He's sending it this morning. Amen. And it's designed by him to produce intended results. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift your hands and say, I receive it, praise God. God's word is designed to produce intended results. Can you say amen? amen. Not some of the time, not just in the good times, but all the time no matter what's happening in the world around us. So my question to you is this morning, are you going to let go of the word just because things are not looking so good? Or are you going to stick with it? Tell your neighbor, I'm going to stick with it, praise God. Amen. Now, a few weeks ago as I was praying about 2022, and you know the word the Lord has given me, and we've been talking about it for the last three or four times that I've had the privilege to preach here. The hand of the Lord. 2022 will be the year of the open hand of God. And it will produce unusual, extraordinary, 
and supernatural provision. Whenever you see the phrase, the open hand of God, it represents provision. Amen. But then the Lord said something to me recently that he added to that. And here it is. 2022 will also be a year of more light, more insight, more revelation, greater freedom, and greater victories. A year of more light, more insight, more revelations, greater freedom, and greater victories. Now write that down and carry it home with you. Amen. Now, Isaiah chapter 40, some theologians tell us that this is not just a prophetic word. I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter uh, 60. That this is not just a prophetic word for Israel, but it's also applicable to the church in the last days. And notice it says in verse 1, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Now this is, this is where the Lord led me when he said that it will be a year of more light, more insight, more revelation, greater freedom, and greater victories. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Is that not what we're experiencing right now? Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness to people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Hallelujah, that's good news. Amen. The Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. Now, if you keep reading this, you're going to find out that in the midst of all this darkness, when the world is getting darker and darker, the church is getting brighter and brighter. Why? Because more revelation, more insight, more light is coming. And and I I, I feel... uh, reasonably safe in saying that it will include more insight, more light, and more revelation on how to position yourself under the hand of God. Amen. Can you you receive that? Amen. Now, I'm I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I can't wait. Go with me to the book of Malachi. You're all familiar with Malachi chapter 3. I didn't intend for me to cover this right now at this stage, but I feel the leading of the Holy Spirit to do so. Malachi chapter 3, you know, it's famous for talking about tithing. Did I turn you off? Now, let's look at verse 10. You're all familiar with verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing 
that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And there's other things that go with that promise. But notice here, blessings that there shall not be room enough to receive them all. The message translation says, blessings beyond your wildest dreams. Now notice these are promises to the tither. Not promises to everybody. Promises to the tither. I still find it hard to believe that the majority of the body of Christ still does not tithe. I personally don't understand that. Blessings beyond your wildest dreams. The Lamsa translation says, until you shall surely shout, it's enough. In other words, blessings coming your way in such abundance that you finally lift up your hands and say, Lord, it's enough. (laughs) Hallelujah. Has anybody done that yet? Now, I learned from Oral Roberts, which I've already shared with you, was one of my mentors. I learned this from him over 45 years ago. He said, Tithing is not a debt that I owe, but a seed that I sow. And I I have practiced that. I don't look at tithing as an obligation. I don't look at tithing as a chore. I don't look at tithing as my religious duty. I don't look at it as something I've got to do. I look at it as something I'm privileged to do. Why? Because if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have anything to give anyway. That's exactly right. That's right. And you wouldn't either. No, sir. Now, I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. You wouldn't even have a brain if it hadn't been for God. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. So it's not a debt that I owe. It's a seed that I sow. Don't look at tithing as an obligation, but a privilege. The reason, I I call it the supernatural increase connector. Tithing is my supernatural increase connector. It links me to the supernatural. God. God is a supernatural God. And tithing links me to the supernatural. And it will produce supernatural increase. Now, I want to give you four reasons why I tithe. Number one, or let me, let me say it this way, four characteristics of tithing. That'd be a better way to put it. Number one, it requires faithfulness. It requires faithfulness. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. If you're faithful, you will abound with blessings. And that's one of the things, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) Malachi chapter 3 says that he will pour out blessings on your life, that there will not be room enough to to contain it all. So the faithful man will abound with blessings. So tithing requires faithfulness. Look at your neighbor and say, tithing Tithing. 
requires faithfulness. Number two, it requires discipline. It requires discipline. And discipline is not a favorite word in the body of Christ. Discipline is not even a favorite word with charismatic believers. Some Christians think discipline is a curse. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you shall be my disciples indeed. That means you will become a disciplined person. If you continue in the word, a disciple is not just somebody that just says, I made Jesus word. It's somebody that follows Jesus and follows his word. When times of trouble arise, how can you reject worry and doubt? How can you stay positive and continue trusting God in faith? Today's special offer, the Stay Positive During Troubled Times special package, contains Jerry Savelle's captivating book, Thoughts, The Battle Between Your Ears, his three-part audio series, Win or Lose by Your Attitude, and his single CD, Throw in the Towel or Stick It Out. In this package, Jerry teaches how to have a good attitude in a bad circumstance, how to press beyond your breaking point, and the tool that brings success every time. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Stay Positive During Troubled Times special package. Your attitude will cause you to fail or to succeed in every area of life. Let Jerry help you develop a positive, hopeful, expectant attitude no matter what is going on around you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you watching and I want to encourage you to make your plans to join with us again next week and for the next few weeks talking about staying positive in troubled times. These are important messages, particularly for the time in which we live. You know, there's so many negative things happening around us. All the news is negative. The newspaper's negative. The media is negative. But you have the ability to stay positive if you will fill your heart and fill your mind with the Word of God. So I want to encourage you, join with me again as we continue talking about how that you can stay positive in troubled times. And also I want to help you through the resources we have available at this time. My book entitled Thoughts, The Battle Between Your Ears. That's where all the battles are fought, right between your ears, in your mind. Some of the chapters that we discuss is planting positive thoughts, casting down negative thoughts, renewing your mind, maintaining your train of thought in a positive way. And then this one I like, the closing chapter, Thinking Bigger Thoughts. That's all in this little book, Thoughts, the Battle Between Your Ears. Then also, uh, most of you have heard me say in the past, I'm a boxing enthusiast. One of the things that you would see in boxing from time to time, when the, when the corner thinks that their fighter cannot continue, they'll throw in the towel. Well, you have a choice. You can either throw in the towel or you can stick it out. That's the title of this special CD. Throw in the towel or stick it out. And then finally, win or lose by your attitude. How you look at life's circumstances will determine whether you win or lose. These are all excellent uh, resources 
that you can order from our website, jerrysavelle.org, and all the other information you need will be on the website, or you can look on the screen right now. Thank you once again for joining me today, and I look forward to sharing with you once again on next week's broadcast. It's going to be powerful, so don't miss it. Amen and amen.